This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound. Welcome to News Playlist. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm bringing you some highlights of uh, news stories in video form, but here in audio form for your enjoyment. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, the fact that Tom was invited to the um, Summit of Democracy hosted by U.S. President Joe Biden. So it was really quite exciting. And uh, Joseph Wu, our foreign minister, um, arrived at the Thomas Legislature reporting about the invitation. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu is all smiles as he arrives at Taiwan's legislature, and with good reason. Taiwan has been officially invited to U.S. President Joe Biden's Democracy Summit in December. The summit is set to take place from December the 9th to 10th in an online format, with a total of 110 countries invited, including Taiwan, Japan and the U.K. Topics on the agenda include facing up to authoritarianism, fighting corruption and promoting respect for human rights. Digital Minister Audrey Tang and Taiwan's U.S. Representative Xiaobi Kim will represent Taiwan at the summit. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu says that the summit invitation is a testament to Taiwan's achievements as a democracy. He says Tang and Xiao will tell the United States and the world how Taiwan is defending its democracy from external threats. President Tsai won't be attending the summit. U.S.-China expert Bonnie Glazer says that's probably because Washington wants to avoid crossing Beijing's red lines on Taiwan. Opposition lawmaker Johnny Jiang says that there are a lot of political factors at play. He says authorities are struggling to manage cross-strait tensions while developing closer ties with the United States. The U.S. summit invitation comes as Taiwan plans an international event of its own. Ten lawmakers from Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia are set to visit Taiwan next month for the 2021 Open Parliament Forum. With both events taking place in early December, it's set to be a busy month for Taiwan government representatives. Stash Butler, RTI News. Not only did we have one U.S. congressional delegation visit Taiwan, but two. It was obviously kept very low-key. And in the meantime, China was very displeased. Tomasz Kapel has the report. Reporters shout greetings at California Representative Mark Takano, who is at the head of a delegation of U.S. lawmakers visiting Taiwan. U.S. Air Force C-40 aircraft carrying Takano and his colleagues touched down at Songshan Airport after 10 p.m. on Thursday. This is the second congressional U.S. delegation to visit Taiwan this month. Other members of the bipartisan group include Democrats Colin Allred, Elisa Slotkin and Sarah Jacobs, as well as Republican Nancy Mace. The 17-strong delegation will stay in Taiwan until Friday. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Joanne Oh extended a cordial welcome to the visiting group. A statement from the presidential office also welcomed the delegation and added that its visit signifies not only steadfast friendship between the U.S. and Taiwan, but also the U.S. Congress's strong bipartisan support for deepening relations with Taiwan. The American Institute in Taiwan, the de facto U.S. Embassy in Taiwan, says that the delegation is visiting several countries in the Indo-Pacific region. In Taiwan, they will meet with senior officials to discuss bilateral relations, regional security, and other important topics of mutual concern. Representative Mace tweeted on Wednesday that she had just landed in the Republic of Taiwan. 
That choice of words is sure to further anger Beijing, which is already seething about the fact that the delegation is in Taiwan in the first place. Representative Slotkin said that earlier she received a blunt message from the Chinese embassy in Washington telling her to call off the trip. Beijing is also angry at U.S. President Joe Biden for inviting Taiwan to a democracy summit. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi said on Tuesday that it was instigating splitism and inciting factionalism. Beijing is also upset at other sovereign states which are starting to follow the American lead in their approach to Taiwan. Tomasz Koper, RTI News. You know, when I heard this report that Taiwan is expecting a warmer and drier winter this year, I was very pleased. So let's hear it firsthand from the Central Weather Bureau. The Weather Bureau said Friday that this autumn has been warmer than usual. In fact, it will be the second warmest fall season in history. However, the sudden arrival of a cold front on November 11th is the earliest cold front to hit Taiwan over the past 40 years. The Bureau forecasts that this winter will see a weaker La Nina effect. With La Nina winters, Taiwan will see warmer and drier conditions than usual. The Bureau says that the La Nina effect will continue till next spring. Other forecasts show that the average winter temperature from December till February next year will be close to normal. December is expected to be the coldest of the three months. The Bureau estimates that there will be 8 to 12 cold air masses descending on Taiwan this winter, of which 1 to 3 may reach the level of a cold spell. With less rain expected this winter, the Bureau is calling for people to save water. Taiwan recently held its 58th Golden Horse Awards, which is the equivalent of the Oscars in the West. I am again very pleased that we've got quite a few Taiwanese movies uh, nominated and then won some of the top categories. You can be sure I'm going to be going to the movie theaters with my husband to catch up on these award-winning films. Saturday night was all ritz and glam in Taipei City. It was the 58th Golden Horse Awards ceremony, one of the most prestigious celebrations of Chinese-language cinema. Present were industry veterans and newcomers alike. It was a big night of breakthrough for the winners. Zhang Zhen, who won Best Actor on Saturday, had been nominated three times for the award prior to his big triumph. Alyssa Chia won Best Actress in her very first Golden Horse Award nomination. The big winner of the night was the movie The Falls. Including Jia's win, that movie took home a total of four awards. Best Actress, Best Original Screenplay, Best Original Film Score, and Best Narrative Feature. This year's Golden Horse Awards also marked the end of Oscar-winning director Ang Lee's tenure as the award ceremony's chair. Lee had served as Golden Horse Awards chair since February 2018. Under the organization's rules, each chair serves for two years and can be extended once, meaning Lee served out a maximum term. At his farewell, Lee said it was his pleasure to be of service. He said no matter what he does, he will always care about the Golden Horse Awards. Lee said that he has accomplished much in his four-year term and that the organization will always be a part of him. Taking Ang Lee's place is Mark Lee, an award-winning cinematographer. Leslie Liao, RTI News. After Lithuania say how much they like us and show all kinds of support for Taiwan, they were here in person visiting our president, Tsai Ing-wen, along with lawmakers from Latvia and Estonia as well. President Tsai Ing-wen welcomed the delegation of 10 lawmakers from three Baltic states of Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia on Monday morning. 
During the meeting, both sides emphasized democracy, freedom and solidarity. President Tsai said Taiwan and the Baltic states want their freedom from authoritarian regimes and understand that the road to democracy is not easy. We are here to express our solidarity with you. The Lithuanian government's policy on Taiwan became considerably friendlier recently. To cultivate close ties, Lithuania will open a representative office in Taiwan early next year. We'll help to expand the partnership between Taiwan and Lithuania and contribute to closer relationship with Taiwan and the whole European Union bloc. Lawmakers from the three states will participate in the 2021 Open Parliament Forum in early December, which will focus on promoting democracy and open parliament. Taiwan's Foreign Minister Joseph Wu said that besides the 10-strong EU delegation, lawmakers from Belize and Mexico will also participate in the event. When asked whether President Tsai will visit the EU before the end of her term, he said there were currently no plans for that. Facing unyielding pressure from China, Taiwan seems to be banking on its democratic freedoms to safeguard its international standing. Tomasz Koper, RTI News. With news that we have a new variant of COVID-19 in the world, named Omicron, now our Central Epidemic Command Center is tightening up on the vaccine rollout, and even the third uh, dose or booster shots for those 65 years old and above. With news of the new variant of COVID-19 Omicron, the Central Epidemic Command Center is recommending a third dose of the COVID-19 vaccine to lower the possibility of breakthrough infections. That was after consulting the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, or ACIP. The recommendation is for those 65 years old and above, as well as those who are patients and workers at long-term care facilities. As for those 18 years old and above, they can assess their risk of infection and their willingness to receive a third dose after a doctor's diagnosis. Health Minister Chen Shizhong said that the second and third dose must be administered at least six months apart from each other. Chen said if there is a need to travel abroad, then the time period can be shortened to five months. The third dose can be either the same vaccine as the second jab or a different vaccine. However, Chen said if the second jab was already a different vaccine from the first, he would recommend the third dose to be the same as the second dose. Chen estimates that the third dose rollout will begin around January 1st. As for the BioNTech vaccine for those 18 years old and above, the ACIP recommends that there should be an interval of at least 12 weeks between the first and second doses. The center said it will cooperate with local health bureaus on mapping out a time schedule for the rollout to begin starting mid-December on school campuses. We've got some good news, at least for those of us in Taiwan. We are making deals with other countries to build our own submarines for defensive use. Emma Benek has the report. On Monday, Taiwan's defensive forces reported another sighting of China's military jets entering Taiwan's air defense identification zone. However, they weren't the only foreign visitors spotted that day. It was revealed on Twitter that an American maritime patrol aircraft had also flown across the Taiwan Strait. The editor-in-chief of Defense International magazine, Chen Guoming, says that this kind of American aircraft is not commonly spotted in the area and that it may be due to some sort of drill in the vicinity. It is Taiwan's goal to develop its own submarines by 2024, especially in response to China's growing military power and threats. On Monday, it was revealed that Taiwan has already secretly bought military technology and hired foreign experts from at least seven different countries. These include nations like the U.S., U.K., Australia, South Korea, and India. 
These foreign experts work in fields like engineering and technology and include former naval officers. Chen says that the U.S. is the main contractor that Taiwan will work with to build its own submarines, and this aid may also offset some of the pressure from China. He says that since submarine systems are complicated, it's a major asset for Taiwan to receive top-quality components from the U.S. Still, others worry that China may restrict factories that produce necessary components for the submarines, and this may hurt Taiwan's chances of meeting its 2024 target. In the meantime, it seems that working with other countries is Taiwan's best option for staying on track with its military goals. Emma Banak, RTI News. And that's it for the news stories coming out of Taiwan this past week. You've been listening to News Playlist. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'll see you next week.